Welcome to the God is Able radio broadcast, a ministry of Old Savannah Baptist Church. I'm Pastor Austin Frady, and we thank you for joining us today on the radio. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus, and we thank you for another opportunity to be able to minister by way of the radio. Lord, we pray for every person that's listening today and that their needs would be met by your marvelous mercy and great grace and by your power. Lord, we pray if there's somebody listening today, Lord, that is not saved, I pray they come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ before it's too late. And Lord, Lord, bring us to the place, God, that we are reminded of what Christmas is really all about. Lord, we love you. We honor you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Very familiar verse of Scripture. Everybody in this building, no doubt, you've heard this verse of Scripture at some point in time in your life. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Let's pray this morning. Father, as we come to you today, we come, Lord, as humbly as we know how. Lord, I come, Lord, just as a, a mere human being. And, Lord, I realize this morning that I don't have the power to do what needs to be done in this building this morning. But Lord, I come as your servant, and I pray that you'd use these lips of clay as they were your own. I pray that you'd forgive me of sin and cleanse me, God, of my sin. I pray this morning that you would take this time as we have gathered here this morning together. And I pray that your word would be proclaimed, Lord, loud and clear and true. Lord, I pray this morning that you'd touch every heart of every person that is in this building this morning. I pray, Lord, that you'd give us a heart to receive your word and help us, Father, those that are saved, to rejoice in your word and in the gospel. And I pray if there's somebody here that doesn't know you and the free pardon of sin, I pray this morning that this would be the hour, this would be the day that they would come to know you as their Savior. Lord, I pray this morning, guide us, Lord, in what you want, in the direction you want us to go. We'll give you glory for it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. There's been much talk through the 930 service and this service as well about the light and about how uh, we had that light there yesterday evening over the manger scene. And I'm thankful for that. What a blessing that was. I, I come down yesterday evening to shut the front gate and it was getting dark about 536 o'clock or so so that people didn't come up before we was ready to start the nativity. And as I began to come back up the hill, I began to look up at the church and that light was shining right in line with the steeple. And I said, praise be unto God. Thank God for the light. I preached this morning in the 930 service about the wise men in Matthew chapter number 2. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter number 2 and verse number 10 that when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Those wise men in Matthew chapter number 2, they were thankful for the light that God had shown them by that star that came and stood over the Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning I can't help in my heart but rejoice and be thankful 
thankful for the light that God has shown me and shown you today. I'm thankful that I was born in the time period that we that I was born in. I'm glad that we got to live in a time when there's been more light shown than there has ever been. I'm thankful this morning that the gospel has been preached. I'm glad that I grew up being able to go to Bible school. I'm glad for Sunday school. I'm thankful for the men and the women that shared the gospel with me. I'm thankful for being able to drive down the road, the United States of America, and see John 3.16 posted on a billboard. I'm thankful for the times that I picked up a track or picked up something that had scripture written on it. God giving us light in these days. In Matthew chapter number 2 and verse number 10, I can't help but join in with those wise men and rejoice for the light that he has shown us. That light that we're speaking about, I believe it is best expressed in John chapter number 3 and verse number 16. The light that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. One of the greatest verses in your Bible. Though they are all great, this verse stands out because it culminates the entirety of the gospel in just 25 words. The center word of this verse is Son. It's all about Jesus. The gospel revolves around Jesus. Your entire Bible revolves around the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'll study your Bible real carefully and prayerfully, you'll find that from Genesis to Revelation that you'll find him on every page you'll find him in every chapter in some way, in some form and in some fashion though he may not be mentioned by name if you look real carefully and real prayerfully you'll see the Lord Jesus Christ throughout your entire Bible because it is all about him and ladies and gentlemen you were born into this world so that you could know God and the only way to know God is to know him in the free pardon of sin through and by his son Jesus. I'm thankful this morning for the light of the gospel that is shown to us in John 3 16. The Bible says for God so loved the world. I'm thankful this morning that God loves you and he loves me. I'm glad God loves the sinner and God loves the saint. God loves the Jew and God loves the Greek. God loves us this morning. You say preacher how do you know that? It don't look like in our world that God loves us too much. He's allowing all of these things to go on. i tell you how I know that God loves us. I I know that God loves us because of Romans 5 and 8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that yet while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I can't look at this world and what's going on today, uh, my friend, and judge what uh, what my Bible says by that. I have to look back to Calvary. And when I look back to Calvary, friend, I see a God that loved us when we did not deserve to be loved. A God that loved us enough that he sent his only begotten son to leave the splendors of glory, come to a little virgin's womb and be birthed into this world in a little town called Bethlehem. I see the love of God in that while we were yet sinners, when we deserve to be justified by going to hell, when we deserve, ladies and gentlemen, the wrath of God upon our life, God said, I'm going to send my son to stand in your stead. I'm going to pour out my wrath upon him so that you can go free. I see the love of God in Calvary. Ladies and gentlemen, whenever I look back at this world and I I see all the wickedness that's going on. I look back to Calvary and I see a God that loves us. And let me say this morning that this is not just a love. that It doesn't have an expiration date on it. God loved then and God loves now. God loved at Calvary and God loves now. I understand there's much wickedness in our day. But understand this with me. God still so loved the world. 
Amen. And the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I was interested this morning in Matthew chapter number 2 in that the wise men came and they gave gifts to Jesus. The Bible says they presented gifts to Jesus. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I, we, there's been much preaching on what those mean and what those represent. But I think the primary gist of that or what God put in my heart for today is that it wasn't about what they give, but it was about the fact that they came to give and they receive, thank God. I'm thankful this morning that God so loved the world that he has given to you and he's given to me. Amen. What did he give? When I was a sinner, when I deserved to die and go to hell, when I deserved absolutely nothing but to be, my friend, burning in the pits of a lake of fire and brimstone for all of eternity, God shed forth his love through his son and provided salvation for you and me. You say, preacher, I don't need to be saved. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not one that's righteous, no, not one. Ladies and gentlemen, there's never been, ladies and gentlemen, a sinless person except for the Lord Jesus Christ. Adam started out in perfection, but by the time we get to Genesis chapter number 3, Adam took the fruit of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, directly, willfully disobeyed the commandment that God had given to him in the book of Genesis. And there he sinned, my friend, and sin passed from Adam down throughout all of humanity. We have Adam's blood flowing through our veins and that makes us this morning a sinner by nature. Not only are we sinners by nature, but we make bad decisions. We make choices that are contrary to the Word of God. And ladies and gentlemen, God is a thrice holy God. He dwells in holiness. He has cherubims that fly around his throne crying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, day and night. And they are there to proclaim and to protect his holiness. And God cannot allow somebody like me, somebody like you, with sin by nature or by choice, either way, God cannot allow us to come into his presence. So you know what he done? He sent his son. Because he loved us enough that he wasn't willing to say, you know what, they're sinners. And so I'm just going to annihilate them and wipe them off the face of the earth. He could have, and he would have been justified in doing so. He could have allowed us, each one, to come into this world, be a sinner by nature, a sinner by choice, die and go to hell. Let us just go through this life and live our best life and still die and go to hell. And he would have been justified in doing so. But he said, I love them so much that I'm going to make a way that they can become a new creature in Christ Jesus by a new birth that they can have a new covenant in my blood and so God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son he literally gave him to the point of death and the Bible says that Jesus not only did God give him but Jesus he humbled himself as an obedient servant and he, he became obedient to the death of the cross he willfully went to the old rugged cross of Calvary not only was God saying I'm going to give my son but Jesus was saying on the other end I'll go for them and I'll give myself for them and ladies and gentlemen Jesus died on that cross in my place suffering my wrath and suffering my torment suffering my hell there on that cross 
cross as the nails were drove in his hands that was me that deserved that pain as he, as he was there on the cross and he was gasping for every breath as every nerve ending in his body ladies and gentlemen was standing on end in pain as the crown of thorns was drove down upon his head as the spear was poked in his side ladies and gentlemen that pain that suffering that agony I deserved and you deserve but God said I love you so much that I'm going to give my only begotten son to die for you and the Bible says this you see in the Old Testament we read primarily about the Jewish race we read about God's dealings with them. We read about how God was going to use that nation and he was going to reach the world through them or use them to show the world his greatness and his goodness. He was going to use the Jewish people and we know that they were like you and like I, that they had their faults and their failures and they lacked faith and they limited God. God had to chastise them and rebuke them and they'd go through spells of revival where they'd repent and then they'd go back down the same road that they went down and they'd backslide again. And so, ladies and gentlemen, God used my friend the Jewish people in that respect and they, they never really got where God wanted them to be or where they could have been but then God sent his son from that race and still reached the world through them but understand this with me God in the Old Testament he dealt primarily with the Jewish people the sacrifices the law all that was given to the Jew it wasn't given to the Gentile it wasn't given to any other race of people they were the one that had the oracles of God or God's light that he had given them God's instruction of that day but when we come to the New Testament we find that there is a shift that takes place we find that the Bible begins to use a word that we do not read so much about in the Old Testament and we find it in John three sixteen. that little word is whosoever for God so loved the world that he gave his son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life and I thank God this morning for that little word whosoever because it doesn't matter today where you come from it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been it doesn't matter the color of your skin or the language that you speak it doesn't matter what your last name is or how much money you have in the bank ladies and gentlemen you are a whosoever listen there's a lot of places that they wouldn't let somebody like me in there's a lot of places I could not go my friend because I don't have clearance to go there but I'm glad this morning that I am a whosoever I'm glad this morning that I, 10 years ago in an old fashioned altar I believed upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ got born again thank God I can write my name in John three sixteen that I'm a whosoever and I shall not perish and I'm glad this morning for that because as we look across our congregation as we look into our own life oh friend there's so many things that in our past would keep us from being or from doing but thank God God said whosoever you may be here this morning and you say I'm not a church person. You don't have to be a church person, but you better be a whosoever. Amen. I wasn't a church person 10 years ago so much, but I'm glad when I got in that whosoever part, I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, my personal Savior, and got born again. Ladies and gentlemen, my view on church changed. Amen. All of a sudden, I began to realize what it was all about. Are we perfect? Far from it. If you follow me long enough, I'm going to say something I shouldn't say. I'm going to do something I shouldn't do. If you follow me long enough, I'm probably going to hurt your feelings. Amen. If you follow me long enough, I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to pick a nerve that you don't like to be picked. I'm going to do or say something. And if you, if you stick around me long enough, you're going to do the same to me. Because we're people. Amen. 
And, and though I'm saved, I still have a, a carnal nature about us. And, and we don't always say and do the right thing. Oh, but thank God. Thank God whenever I got born again, I'm glad he made a new creature out of me. And I'm glad there's a new part on the inside. I may still have to live in this flesh, but I'm glad this morning that there is still a new part. Thank God that God made. So, preacher, how do I go to heaven? You've got to be born again. That's what Jesus said to Nicodemus there in John chapter number 3. He said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. He told Nicodemus that it was a necessity in his life, that it wasn't a, if you want to, if you think it'd be good. He, he didn't say, Nicodemus, you've got multiple choice. You can choose a few things that you can do. No. He said, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And understand with me, because of our fallen nature, because of our sinful condition, we must have a new nature to be able to go to heaven and be with a thrice holy God. Does that make sense this morning? You say, preacher, I'm not so sure about all that. Listen, friend, God's made it so plain in his word, but he even done one more thing. When he went back to heaven, he sent the comforter. We call him the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost comes by our way, and he begins to knock on our heart and let us know that, yes, we are a sinner. Because you know what? In reality, there's nobody in this building that wants to admit that we're a sinner. So God sends the Holy Ghost by to reprove us and to rebuke us and let us know that we are a sinner. And though we may think we're good and we may think we're somebody and we try to judge our life on the life of somebody else and we say, I'm just as good as they are. You may be, but you're not as good as God. And to go to heaven, you've got to be as good as God. Amen. Because God in His holiness can't allow anybody with one sin much less a list of sins in their life. Amen? And so we've got to be as good as God. And the only way we can be as good as God is for our sins to be completely erased. Amen. Preacher, how could that happen? Well, I can't erase my sins. I don't have the payment. I don't have the authority. But I can tell you this. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved you that he sent Jesus to be the perfect payment for your sins so that his blood satisfied the wrath of God. And when we believe upon him and his blood covers our soul, our sins are washed away. Amen. <laughs> now I know that you're looking at me and, you're thinking you're not sinless. On the outside, I'm not. But on the inside, there's a part that little John spoke about that's been sealed by the blood. And that's why the Bible said that we could not sin. The flesh can sin, but there's a part on the inside that's been sealed by the blood. Them sins have been erased. They've been done away with. And when God looks, he sees that part on the inside. And he doesn't see Austin Frady, but he sees the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says once again, satisfied satisfied this morning if you're here in this building and you don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're saved by the grace of God I want to ask you this morning would you consider an eternity without God would you consider right now an eternity we can't put a time on it 
our mind right now cannot even begin to fathom what eternity will even begin to be like. We are so accustomed and we live in time. We live in seconds and minutes and days and weeks and years and centuries and so forth, so on and so forth. We are so accustomed to time that we cannot even begin to fathom eternity. But one day, you're going to leave this walk of life. Whether it be by grave or whether it be by rapture, you're going to leave this walk of life. And you'll slip off into eternity. Everybody in this building is going to be in eternity. And if you're here this morning and you are not saved, and you don't know for 100% sure, you cannot rejoice in the fact that you're saved this morning, I'd like to ask you, would you consider what it will be like to suffer in a place that was not prepared or made for you? A place that... The Bible calls a lake of fire and brimstone. A place where the fire burns. And the Bible says their worm cannot be quenched. Their worm, it dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Suffering and torment continually for all of eternity. We've all been hurt down here. We've probably all been burned before. But can you imagine being burn and you can't get away from the burn when you touch a hot stove it burns and and the 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 effect of that burn it will it will continue to hurt for a while and for a season but the burn eventually eases up because you're not continually being burned amen if you've ever been burned by plastic it sticks to your skin and it keeps burning and keeps burning and keeps burning. But eventually it cools down and you can peel the plastic off and there's a wound. But you escape the burn eventually. But can you imagine being in a place where you burn for eternity and you cannot escape it? I want to tell you this morning, friend, that's the bad news. But the good news is this, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life the fact of the matter is that I don't like preaching on hell when I was a young preacher I used to somewhat enjoy preaching on hell and the more I got to learning about it God built compassion in my heart I, I don't even like to preach on hell because it's such a terrible place and I can't bear the thoughts of anybody going to that place. But the fact of the matter is, it's reality. It has to be told. It has to be said. Whether I like preaching it or whether you like it, it doesn't matter. It's still reality and it must be said. It's a real place. And real people that you know and that I know Real people that have sat on these church pews. Real people that we've hugged and loved. Real people that we have looked in the eye and we've shook their hand. Real people, ladies and gentlemen, that have sat at our dinner table and drove in our cars. Real people that we've had business dealings with. They die and go to hell. Ladies and gentlemen, that grieves my heart this morning. But I'm glad that... Though you can't escape hell once you're there, I'm glad there is an escape right now. And that is through and by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that He has so willingly made available to you and made available to me. 
thank God, thank God. I'm glad that there is a fire escape. Brother Matt, you preached on the fire escape one time. Thank God there is a way that you don't have to die and go to hell. We are from the time that we are born to the time we leave here. We've got death on our trail. And ladies and gentlemen, it is after us. And the devil does all that he can do to get us off track in life and keep Jesus from becoming real in our life and to keep us from getting saved. But thank God, thank God, there is a God that is greater than the devil ever thought about being. I'm glad that he has shone down that light just like he did to them wise men in Matthew chapter number two and shown them the way though Herod tried to get them out of the way I thank God there was a star that shone brighter than Herod ever thought about shining and that star came and the Bible says it stood right over where he was thanks be unto God for the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that even though the devil tries to get us off track in life and tries to destroy us and discourage us and steal and kill in our lives thank God thank God there is a God that shines through all of that But you have to make a decision. You have to decide. Say, preacher, where are you getting that at? For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in Him. The work of salvation has already been finished. You don't have to go to church to be saved. You don't have to, though when you get saved, you'll go to church. You don't have to do good works and knock on doors. You don't have to feed the hungry and all that to be saved. That has nothing to do with salvation. We do those things because we are saved. Are you with me? That's a response to His grace. Amen. And that ought to be a natural response when the grace of God's been shown in your heart. But understand this with me. It's not a work that brings us salvation. The work for salvation was done on Calvary. And our part is to decide whether we're going to take our way or whether we're going to trust in the finished work of Calvary by believing upon the Lord Jesus Christ. It's so simple. The Bible says that even a child can understand it, that I'm a sinner, that I'm going to die and go to hell if I don't repent of my sin and receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and a minute ago, when I ask you to think about an eternity without God in a place called hell, burning for all of eternity. If you could not say right now that I'm 100% sure that I'm saved, I'd like to ask you, would you right now in this morning service, would you receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Would you lay aside every preconceived idea? Would you lay aside your religion? Would you lay aside your pride? And would you... Receive the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a Philippian jailer in Acts chapter number 16. You're familiar with the story. He came to a place that he was ready to take his own life. He seen himself without help and without hope. But Paul and Silas said, Sir, do thyself no harm. We're all here. You know why they stuck around? Because they had something to say. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And thou shalt be saved in thy house. They give that Philippian jailer a simple message. The Bible says he did it. He received the Lord Jesus Christ. He believed upon him. And it changed his life forever. The next time we see him, he's not binding Paul and Silas back up. He's washing the stripes on their back. He's a changed man. Would you stand with me all over the building, Miss Martha? Will you come? While every head's bowed, every eye's closed all over the building. 
tried my best to preach to you what God's put in my heart and as he's given it I understand the message has been somewhat scattered as I said a minute ago God just put that in my heart in between the two services this morning but I believe with all of my heart that God knows exactly what he's doing many times I don't have a clue but I know that God knows as we've gathered here this morning can you can you ask yourself the question Am I 100% sure that I'm saved by God's amazing grace? If you're here today and you don't know for sure and for a certainty that you're saved by the grace of God, I'd like to ask you as Miss Martha begins to play and she begins to sing, I'd like to ask you to slip out of your pew and come to this altar. We'll be real careful, but we'll take a Bible and we'll point to the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll show you how to be saved. If you're here this morning and you're not 100% sure that you need to be saved, but you know how to be saved, what are you waiting on? What are you waiting on? Life is uncertain. We're not promised tomorrow, but God has given you in mercy this moment. What are you waiting on? Would you come to Him? I guarantee you, friend, if I went around this building and the folks that are saved in this building begin to testify. Not a one of them would say, I wished I'd have waited. Not a one of them would say, I wished I hadn't got saved when I did. But nearly everybody in this building is saved by the grace of God would say, I wish I'd have done it sooner. I wish I'd have got born again quicker. I wish I'd have done it the first time God dealt with my heart. You may be here and this may be the first time God the Holy Ghost ever spoke to your heart. Would you come? Would you come right now? Young, middle-aged, old alike. Makes no difference. You can be a whosoever by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you need to be saved, you come this morning. Well, that's all the time that we have on the radio for today. But if you'd like to hear this message in its entirety or be a part of one of our online services, we invite you to find us on Facebook at Old Savannah Baptist Church, on our website, oldsavannah.org, or on our YouTube channel. And also, we would love to hear from you. You can send correspondence through Facebook Messenger, or you can send an old-fashioned letter to P.O. Box 628, Dillsborough, North Carolina, 28725. Thank you for joining us on the radio.